You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 32 of That's Awesome Pod. I am Joe. I'm your host. And we are in March already. It has been almost a year since we started this podcast. We're coming up on a year and we've done a lot of interviews, a lot of cool stuff. So I'm excited for that. Uh, We are going to try to plan some cool stuff uh, for our one year anniversary. Um, More on that later. This week, let's see, last week we were off. I have been incredibly busy uh, doing a lot of different things, writing a lot. New Ice Nine stuff is coming along very quickly now. Um, I'm really excited for you guys to start hearing that. Um, There's been a lot of talk in the industry about touring coming back and when that's going to happen. I got to be honest, I am starting to feel more optimistic about it than I have been in the past, but I'm still not going to get my hopes up for anything still looking at personally I think next year but I'm I I I guess uh I'm hopeful for being wrong and it's looking better and better I guess but who knows I don't want to get my hopes up too much so lots of talking about tour packages being put together who's going to tour with who so that's been kind of fun to watch and uh, actually even hear from a lot of bands that are interested in coming out with us too, which is always exciting and fun. Um, I have been working with uh, someone who was on the podcast as a very minor guest as kind of like a group that we had had in the past. Uh, his name is Ken Mundo. His artist name is just Mundo. And we're working on his album right now. So I'm really excited for that. We'll have him on the podcast uh, probably closer when the music is done. Um, But yeah, you'll be hearing about me working with him over the next couple months on and off. We're kind of taking it slow and it's coming along great. Really excited for people to hear it. Um, But for this week, this was a a really, really fun interview for me uh, just because we've been buddies and we spent so much time on the road together, but we had Tuck from Fit for a King and uh, Off-Road Minivan on. Um, Like I said before, we've spent a good amount of time together. We have uh, a good relationship. We're definitely really dumb and stupid and laugh a lot. So this is uh, definitely like a fun one for me. I hope it's fun for you guys. But what was great about this too was, I've said this before about the podcast, is it's kind of an excuse to sit down with someone and you know, in, in kind of a quote unquote more formal setting and be able to ask the questions that probably wouldn't come up in normal conversations. So I learned a lot about, you know, how he got into music, what he was uh, into as far as music goes, uh, his move to Texas to join Fit for a King, how off-road minivan became a thing, um, all that kind of stuff. So really, really great. 
I love Tuck. We could probably do like 10 episodes and never get bored. Um, and I think we realized that halfway through because this was this was definitely a longer interview. So I won't keep you too much longer. Um, so yeah, let's send it over to Tuck. King in off-road minivan tuck thank you for joining us oh wow joe it's such a pleasure i think about you daily actually uh, i i think about you very often as well because i feel like i'm uh one you're just very active on your socials thank you i'm trying (laughs) they're all pretty good um and two i keep tabs on your podcast as well obviously because i think we launched within like two weeks of each other we did you're my podcast brother it's great yeah um yeah and it's been really cool that we both started doing the sound talent thing together and everything yeah. and it's it's a lot of fun like doing the podcasting has definitely been um like my my fun activity my solace like through this whole time period because it's helped me to stay um you know, active and talking to people when I'm, you know, usually a pretty social guy. I think when, you know, when we tour together or whatever, like I'm pretty social dude, but during this time period, man, I don't see anybody. I've been fucking locked up, but it's all right. Like I've gotten used to it and shit. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in a very, uh, I'm in a good routine right now. Like just scheduling just cause I'm so used to not seeing anyone. You know what I mean? You'd actually be proud of me. I have a, uh, a personal trainer and I've been working out every morning, which is something I've never done. No shit. How do you like it? Well, I hate working out, but yeah. I'm like really powering through it to hopefully get to a place where I start to enjoy it. I think you will. It's the hardest at first. And it was for me too. Like even, you know, I took the first six months off during COVID because one, you know, all the gyms are shut down. And two, I'm not motivated enough to do it at home. Like, I can't get myself going with that. Like I said, I'm fucking raging yeah. pothead. Like, I'm not going to do that. So see, I can't do it unless someone is telling me to keep going. See, yeah, like I, I prefer working out with a friend. And I used to like once or twice a week just drive like an hour, hour and a half to go work out with my buddy. And then I'd, you know, be fine doing the rest on my own. But now that the gyms are open, I'm just so happy to have it open where I have my routine that I have to get through. And I know I have to like I'm just keeping track of my weights and everything and trying to get bigger and more stronger. But building back from that time period of six months off, 
has been really hard. I was weak yeah, as fuck when I like started. Yeah. fresh. Yeah, for real. Like I, you know, I lost weight. I got weak. I like just my joints hurt. I just wasn't in good shape, but now I'm feeling pretty good again. I'm getting close to like where I was. And then, you know, we've still got another, I'd say at least seven months before we go back. But dude, when you go back to playing after you've done all this training, you're going to fucking love it. It's the greatest thing. Part of the motivation was just that not, not necessarily that I didn't feel good now, um, but I have like weird joint issues and feet issues and all this stuff. So like, Ooh. I'm just waiting for it to like catch up to me and actually become a problem. So I'm, it's more like preventative, you know? Interesting. See, I never hear anyone bring up feet. I actually have funny feet cause I had my, I had big bunions when I was uh, going into high school really? and I had to have them removed. Yeah. I had both bunions cut off and they cut into your bone that attaches to your big toe and straighten it out and put two screws in it. And uh, I did that to both my feet when I was like 14 years old because they were fucked up. I couldn't get through like football practice and shit. So I had to do that. Um, And I never hear anyone bring up feet, but feet are sick. Maybe I'm going to start doing foot porn if they don't let me do uh, play shows sometime soon. You know, I'll make it only (laughs) fans for my feet. Check out my scars. Um, Do you want to know how I got these scars? (laughs) (laughs) I have um, like super flat feet, but I also have this weird thing um, where I have extra bones in my feet. Cool. In both of them. Um, But the the problem is, is that it's actually, there is like one or 2% of the population like has that extra bone and they just never really know about it. But because my feet are so flat, that bone is like, trying to come out of my foot it's like pushing it out you know what i mean yeah are you gonna you get that, surgery like, get that that you have on the inside of your ankle yeah i have two of them oh dude the- no that's so yeah. gross i hate i'm scared <laughs> that i'm gonna break my ankles every day i have i have sprained the same ankle so many times and i've fractured it like twice and i'm just like one of these days you're just gonna fucking snap but when i go back to touring i'm fucking suiting up dude i'm doing like dual ankle braces dual knee braces underneath i feel like no one will be able to move around well yeah i'm just getting older i'm getting a little like worried that i'm just doing unnecessary damage and you know but it'll be fun. I can't wait. Do you feel it after shows? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it's more the next day. And that's why pretty much my whole day is dedicated to I get up, I go to the gym, I eat, I do yoga, and then we have like sound check. And then I'll like stretch some more, hang out, rest for a little while. And then it's like time to play. But the essentially, I look at playing as my cardio. So I have like my weightlifting section of the day. I have my like stretching section of the day. And then I have my cardio section of the day. And if I'm not drinking enough water, which like during the time that we play, I'll drink like three large Fiji bottles. Like, um, and I'll sweat it all out. It's gross. I'm I'm disgusting. Someone told us. Oh, wait, no, no, no. That's right. Yeah. Someone told us on one of our tours that we were drinking too much water after we played or something like we drank a lot of water during we played while we were playing and then they said no you need to like have like like even just half a gatorade or something 
Yeah, I could see how it could be um, a bit much. I don't much. really care I about just, any of that stuff, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I don't really know what difference it makes. I just know while I'm playing, I'm like, okay, I need water. I'm going to vomit. Like, right. you know, so I just do it. But, like, you, I've run around a lot and shit, so it's kind of yeah. necessary. Um, For sure. But I um, can't wait. We should probably talk about music at some point, though, huh? I guess so. It's been an interesting yeah. year for Fit for the Kings. And you're having fun writing behind closed doors and getting to do your own thing. Plus, there's Nova Charisma shit, which is sick. You've yeah, had a busy there's time. There's a lot of things happening. And you put out an album. You put out two albums last year, didn't you? Yeah, I put out the Fit for a King record and we and we put out the Off Road Minivan record in May. Yeah, busy. Uh, I, yeah, um, it was pretty cool. I, also I didn't mean, know you were in that band when we were touring together. Oh, yeah, that's my those are my friends from home. And that's my baby. Um, Like it's I mean, I knew the band, but I didn't know you were in the band. Oh, see, no one knows the band. But that's really sweet of you to say like, that's so cool. I really didn't know the band. Only I, I, I really like Elder Brother. Oh, shit. Yeah. Evan, our drummer plays drums in Elder Brother. That's how I knew of it. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, Evan's my best friend. Um. We met while he was in college at Bard, like, I don't know, like 10 years ago or something like that. Um, He's an incredible drummer and pianist. He is mind-blowing on the piano. You two would be peas in a pod. Um, That'd be fun. Kids just got chops. But uh, those are just two of the guys I was in my first band ever with when I was like 15 years old. What was and, it called? Um, it was called Annandale. Dude, that's uh, so much better than every single first band name that we've had so far. It was a pretty good first band name. It's, yeah, that's yeah, not I, bad at all. <laughs> yeah, the place where we all really met, at least Evan and I, and a lot of people hang out at, is just there's this place, there's Bard College in Red Hook, New York. And Bard is like one of the more expensive private art colleges in the U.S., and where it's located is its own little section of Red Hook called Annandale on Hudson. And it's just okay. for fucking like bougie fucking rich yeah, kids. Sounds, and like, oh, rich. yeah, like Steve Buscemi's kid was going there. And um, like, you know, you meet a girl and she's like, oh, yeah, like oh, my family has a private plane and she's mm-hmm. driving a fucking Beamer or whatever. So what I did was I sold a lot of weed and I dated the girls and it was sick. Um <laughs> Because I grew up a mile down the street, so like when I first what, started, what area of New York is this in? Red Hook, New York. It's in the Hudson Valley. It's about thirty minutes from Poughkeepsie and okay. like uh, forty-five to an hour from Albany, like right Got in between. It. Okay. And I it's didn't really know you're from the Northeast fun. either. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, mm-hmm. born and raised in New York, and now I live in Brooklyn. Um, but yeah, it was oh, cool as fuck. I, I always assumed you guys were all in Texas. I guess I don't know no. you that well. Well, now we're learning, you know, we're figuring these things out. I guess when it comes to tour, when you're on tour, you skip that shit where it's like, all right, well, where are you from? How old are you? What's your favorite color? Yeah, you're just like, fuck us up. So we were, I think most of the time we were around each other, we were just stoned. Yeah, yeah. And Dan was there and we were having fun. The usual crowd. Yeah, because I mean, honestly, and it sounds like such a pothead thing to say, but. 
when you are doing a lot on tour and you're around a lot of people and you're trying to keep your day pretty busy and in between the working outs and actually doing things for your band, there's lunch and dinner and you interact with people. And sometimes the only way where you just have some quiet time is smoking a bowl with your friends. You don't even have to say shit. You're just chilling. And it's great. It's one of my favorite parts about tour. I love the post-show smoke circle is like my favorite part of the day. Let me put my sweats on. I'll meet you outside. It'll be perfect. Yep, it's the best. (laughs) All about it, yeah. All right, well, let's dive into what we usually do on the show is kind of, mm, I guess, talk about your musical journey and how it started, what got you into music. You already kind of told us a little bit about your first band and everything, but let's go back a little bit further. So, like, how did you get into it? What did you kind of start with? all that kind of, what kind of music were you into? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, all right. So essentially the way it all started was I had an uncle who one day at Thanksgiving, he looked at me and my cousin, Zach, who were very, were two years apart. And he was like, all right, uh, I got an extra guitar. Anybody want to learn how to play guitar? I was like, sure. Sounds great. So I started learning how to play guitar. At the time, I was listening to like Thursday and Thrice and stuff like that. My neighbor Mm -hmm. was playing guitar and he was listening to really cool bands. And my whole neighborhood was like starting to get into that shit. Mm -hmm. So I. So the time you started playing guitar, you were already into like the post hardcore underground music scene. I was listening to it already. I was like 14 years old. Um, Mm -hmm. But so the way that I started listening to it essentially was just, you know, I had heard a couple bands and my neighbor was listening to anything from like those bands I just mentioned, primarily like No Effects was one of the early bands that we got into, AFI, um, Between the Buried and Me, when they were first starting like shit like that. Same ones as me. Yeah, and um, where they were really abrasive but also very welcoming bands like yeah, if you listen to between the buried and me it was heavy but it was so fun where it was like mm-hmm. oh this is it wasn't as scary as getting into like a band i saw them play with like the red cord right so, i love i did love the red cord actually red cord was sick fucking yeah, band i was very um, very into the red cord yeah they so were, it, they were from like actually one of them grew up in the town i was from i think oh no shit yeah. Where are they from? Where are you from? Um, You're New Hampshire or some shit? Called, no, I, I'm right outside of Boston. Oh, okay. Yeah, like 20 minutes northeast yeah, of Boston. Yeah, Boston. Yeah, <laughs> in small town. Wow. Yeah, new nice. life. <laughs> <laughs> that is a jam. Uh, that's a good song. What was that, that band called? Do you remember? Augustana. Yes, Augustana. There you go. Yeah, I still reference that song Yeah, like, quite a bit. Um. Cool. So you were like into the heavy music already, or I guess like somewhat heavy music. Yeah. Everyone was coming up with you with it. Is that when you kind of wanted to start a band? Well, so there was a, there was also a counter to that. The real reason why I wanted to play guitar was chicks. I love dashboard confessional dashboard. Confessional (laughs) was my favorite thing is still one of my favorite acts. Chris Caraba is God. I hope uh, he doesn't age either. Doesn't age. He's incredibly handsome. And even Mm -hmm. through the, um, traumatic motorcycle accident that man went I through know. this year. He still just looks so good. Um, 
but really the first song I learned how to play on the guitar other than like, uh, you know, smoke on the water and shit, like uh, house of the rising sun stuff. My uncle was teaching me was this ruined puzzle by dashboard confessional. So I could sing it to a girl, but I had to play it unplugged on an electric guitar because I couldn't, my fingers weren't good at holding down. The wow. Industry. It's such a romantic. Um, I know. Um. <laughs> That's not something I've ever done. Sing to a girl. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was like I was definitely that cheese ball that it's like, all right, it's like one thirty, everyone's like pretty drunk, like it's starting to chill out. Oh, where's the acoustic guitar? Like, you know, <laughs> I I love to I I always loved playing songs that people like to sing along to, and that is some a lot of people hate that guy at the party. And thankfully, oh no, we I'm did not, that kind of stuff, yeah. but I've never done like a one on one, like let me play this song for you. Yeah. Yeah, I've done it a few times. I'm too scared. But, you know, I just, you know, I think when you don't have a lot of tricks in your bag, you got to like do what you <laughs> can. And sometimes like, you know, you're like, man, my hair is not looking too good today. But like, shit, I did like learn that real good city and color song. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do you know, I got falsetto, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So two motivations. One was someone just asking you if you wanted to play yeah. guitar and the other was girls. And that's kind of how I got in all my bands. Um, you know, I went to a local show, met uh, my friend Miles, who's one of the guitar players in Offroad Minivan and Dave, who is the bass player. They were in Annandale and they played a show. I thought it was really cool. I was a little bit older than them. I'm two years older than them. We all start hanging out and they asked if I wanted to come jam and I came and jammed and I was playing guitar, but then they were like, well, why don't you just be the singer? And I was like, I mean, if you want me to, sure. Cool. Sounds good. So I started <laughs> screamoing in the band. I'm lead screamo, throwing the mic around my neck and shit, pretending I'm Shane Toll. So not pretty cool. playing guitar anymore. You're just straight up vocalist. No, I'm not that good at guitar overall. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah, I like I can write. I think I'm an okay songwriter. I think I come up with some cool ideas, but I don't have the technical skill to really hold it down. I think I'm, I think I do well if it's just me and an acoustic guitar in a room and people okay. are quiet. I think yeah. I do that. Um, mm -hmm. I can't it, play leads for shit. No, 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 no. Just rhythm. Yeah. Just, yeah. just rhythm over here. Um, but I never want to play <laughs> guitar ever. Anyway. Why would you? It doesn't even I don't play. even really ever want after Ice Nine, I guess, to be in a band with a, with guitars. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, just kind of hate them. Nova kind of has guitars. Yeah, we definitely have. Like Sergio is a, a, an amazing guitarist. Yeah, um, but that's not you know that's not my project either. You know that's Donnie and Sergio's thing. Yeah. Um, but that is a really fun one just because I get to play keys again. Yeah, that band's really good. They're Thanks, both dude. great. Super talented. Yeah. Super right. talented. Yeah, I um, fell into all my shit, man. The only the thing after that, I played in that band. Eventually, I got um, kicked out because my neighbor, who was my best friend, also named Ryan, um, they liked him more, and they kicked him out. He became <laughs> the lead singer. And then, Is that how they like sat you down and said we like? It you legit more? came over to my house, which we lived two houses from each other with him, and they were like, "Yeah, so we're just gonna like, you know, you're out of the band." And like, like, yeah, fuck you guys, yeah, fucking stupid ass kids. Um, but it's okay. I hold grudges like a motherfucker, and someday when I have money again, I'll tell a therapist about it. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> 
um, it was so awkward. Like so awkward. I legit can picture it like it was yesterday. Dean, what did you say? I I was just like, oh, okay. I closed the door. God. You know, it's just brutal, like that dude. was really mean. Um but it was reason, good though because that worse. band failed, you know, and that's what's oh. most important is every band that I've not been a part of after I've either gotten kicked out or like we yeah, I every time like if they continued on I got kicked out, but all of those bands failed. And that's all that matters, Joe, is it's their all, failure. I want you to fail. I want you to do poorly. Right. I don't I don't want you to succeed without me. And that's been great for me. Like I watched one <laughs> band, one band that I got kicked out of, like they got signed, you know, and then they were like gonna go on tour. I could I'll just tell the story. They got signed to Media Scare Records and they were like gonna go on oh. tour and all the shit. They went on tour and like it was just a really rough routing and they blew all this money and then Media Scare was like a bunch of fucking thugs and their record never even they're like the one band on Media Scare, their record never even got out. It was fully recorded. Cameron Mizell did it and everything. It sounded Damn. good. And it just didn't even come out because they were just like th- being pains in the asses. And uh being I don't know, I don't know how you say pains in the asses, but plural or pain in the ass. Whatever. Fuck it. They were annoying. Like and the uh, they all fought. And then the record never came out. The music video never came out and they failed. And it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, No, it's okay. You know, I'm still friends with a couple of those guys too. (laughs) We've all talked it out afterwards, but I think it's incredible. You know, if we were to, you know, sometimes you just have to pretend that life is all a stand up comedy show. Uh, I loved it. More of that. Thanks. Thanks. Well, I did, you know, I will say to spin that into a positive way. And, you know, like I said, one of the people involved in in those projects, I think, is a garbage human dumpster fire. But the rest of them are all fucking awesome. (laughs) And that's still a lot of people. There's a lot of people involved there and they're great. Um, And they've all done a lot of really cool, incredible things with their lives. And I'm glad to see that. But there you go. Covering your ass. Except for well, women. yeah, I do kind of sometimes, you know, <laughs> just, you know, we'll see. yeah, I don't want your fans to think I'm that terrible, but, um, on my uh, show, I guess it's more, you know, holds barn, dude, I love your show. People love your show. It's great. Thanks, um, Thank you. it's all Josh. <laughs> it is all Josh. He's here in silence. Just, yeah. Just making sure being I'm, there. I'm, I'm being good. Oh yeah, Josh. You know um, that Josh I'm just Joe's dad. He is a, he is a super fan. Of you guys, of this, of the fit for the kings, of, of yeah. fit for the king. He's like a massive super fan. Oh no shit! Yeah, yeah we put breakdowns and stuff. It's pretty cool. I mean, we yeah. put that at Creation Destructions, but what um, was the show you went to, Josh? I think it was like, was it the last one? Yeah, I was at Joliet. Oh God, yeah. bless your heart. <laughs> that was a day. That was the best day ever. Other than that Palladium yeah. show that we played together, Joe. That was that one was of the, that was the best show in recent history. That when Rio did that whole, did you see him do the crowd surfing and then climb? Yeah, dude, that, that was a mistake. What did he do? So Rio, he crowd surfed across the entire. Which this was, you know, not to go out. This was our biggest um, headlining show to date. We it was sold out nine hundred and fifty people. Dude, and that's so, the way yeah, to go out cool. of it <laughs> into the pandemic, though. For sure. Right. Like, and that's one of the things that's like kept me lifted. But so Rio, he's crowd surfing across the whole crowd. And then it gets to um, like 
where the soundboard is, but then there's also, you know, the second floor above there. So he grabs onto this sound paneling that's on the balcony, climbs up the sound paneling, and then these two dudes put their arms down. Rio, like, latches with them. They pull him up. He comes up to the, you know, second balcony, just, like, sits there for a second, has a drink of water, and then climbs back down and crowd surfs back. And it's just... (sighs) The way that that man commands the the crowd, it's unlike anything I've seen. It's That's wild, insane. like such a blessing to watch him. I have been uh, very into them lately. Oh, Crystal Lake is one an insane recorded band. And I, but dude, when you see the live show, That's, I was watching of, live videos of yeah. them, and that's why I got so into them. It's nuts. They sound so good. Kago, their sound guy, is just a magician. They're all so in tune with each other, and it's just it's perfect. But Rio is a true superstar. And he's also the nicest man on earth, like just hmm. the sweetest human you could well, I ever. I hope we get to play with them at some point. You're pretty dope. That would actually be a really badass show. Stay I also really so want Ice Nine Kills Panic at the Disco Tour. Um, uh, do you I, know how much... <laughs> I would love that. Like I think no that would else. actually, I know, dude, I tweeted it once like a year ago and people liked it. Um, I think it would actually do really well personally, but I want, I, there's no way. It's, why not? No, well, why here's not? The thing. it would do really well for us, right? Because we could win over some of their fans, I think, but I don't see how having us there would benefit them even remotely. See, I think it would because it would provide them putting together a tour that's like slightly unique for them when things. But I guess when you've had tours taken away for a year, it doesn't really matter if things get stale. Yeah, Um, I guess so. so. Interesting. I'm going to ask them. I have their I think we may uh, have their guitarist on soon. So I'm going to straight up ask them then. Just do it. Be like, dude, don't be a bitch. Like, our bands are the two most theatrical bands on planet Earth. Let us play together and have some fun. Because tell me that seeing an Ice Nine Kills set into a Panic at the Disco set would not be the most fun that you've had at a show in... You know, I guess Fall Out Boy did take out Every Time I Die last year. Dude, 100%. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You can do anything you want in life. Just don't be a fucking bitch. Thanks, man. Now you're a front man. Yeah, there you go, man. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Um, oh, is my sound all fucked up now? Josh is messaging me. That's I don't think good. so. He I got it. real distorted. Oh, did he? Did I? Did, did he? No, you're fine. It's just Joe's. Oh, okay. <laughs> I scream a lot, so I don't know if sometimes mm, I sound bad. Well, I can fix that. I can fix it. <laughs> Maybe we should just um, put on lots of distortion and scream the whole episode. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> I can participate in that. <laughs> Whoa. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump. That was a that was a long tangent. Um, let's jump back into so you got kicked out of your band. Yes. And I was gonna I was gonna make a point to end all that just so I didn't sound as mean. But right. one thing that's really good, I think, about sometimes when you do get kicked out of bands or have things fail or stuff like that is each time when I had that happen, it would make me motivated to be like, well, now I'm going to make a band better than that band. Mm-hmm. And I would say that each time I felt like I was pretty successful with it and counteractive to the band that got signed and whatnot and ended up failing. 
I, which that's not a failure. They put out a record. It was really good. Sadly, it didn't get released. You can find it on YouTube. It's a band called The Last of Our Kind. It's a a record called Diamond in the Rough. It's really good. But, you know, I put together a project. We ended up getting as far as, like, going to do a showcase for Roadrunner Records. And sadly, we didn't end up getting picked up. But it, like, in a short time span, maybe, like, two years, we went from not being a band to making a band that could draw, you know, 250 people locally. And got label support, you know. What was that band called? It's called Visions. Um, Oh, it's yeah. like a post-core, kind of like post-hardcore. What year was this? Program. This is like 2010, 2000, maybe a little later than that, maybe 2012. Did you guys ever play at a place called, uh, I'm sure you have, it was north of the city. Ah, uh, shit. What was the place called? It was run by like this woman and her son. Damn, North of I feel New York like City or Boston? New York City. I feel like I played with you at this place. Visions. Oh, maybe. Was um, it um, Arts on the Lake? No. No. It was like kind of um, in this weird town. Ah, God. I will find it at some It'll point come to and, you. It'll and come send to you. it to you. But quite um, possibly. Yeah. I mean, we played a lot locally and. My friend Jeff, who's who co-owns Featured X with me, he managed right. the band and he was the promoter in Poughkeepsie and he really yeah, helped. Yeah, he, he me booked too. my first uh, tour date ever, actually. Oh no, shit! That's awesome yeah. for um, for um, Venetia Fair. Yeah, yep. that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. super sick. Um, yeah. So anyway, let's jump back into it. Yeah. Oh wait, so that band, what? When did that band? start you said 2010 ish i I think visions ended up now that i'm thinking about it i feel like it was closer to like 2012 um around that time like i feel like it but i'd have to go back and check um but about that time yeah you know and and i was like uh say i'm like 23 i'm 31 now so whatever do the math but we're the same age oh no shit See, mm-hmm. we're finding out so many fun things today. Yeah. But that, that, that band was a, Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. And the, the best place to be from. Um, yes. But that band was a really positive experience. I mean, hence why, like, two of those people are in Off-Road with me. And, and the reason why I'm in Fit for a King, really, is because of uh, Jeff, who's my business partner in Featured X, but also um, Chris, who was the singer in Visions. He did the lead Screamos, but... He ended up going on. The reason why Visions broke up is because he quit to go be the tour manager of Sworn. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to burp. Um, of Sworn In, okay. and he they were just starting to like get some steam, and Jeff was managing them as well. Got so me. Chris starts tour managing them. We tried continuing the band as a four piece with me screaming, playing bass, and singing, and it was not fun. Um, but there is one song that's recorded. I'll send it to you. I think it's pretty good personally. But, yeah, send it to me. It's, if you look on the interwebs, people, it's uh, called Dead End by Visions. You might be able to find it. But Dead it's on YouTube. Um, yeah, so Chris left, started doing the touring cir- circuit and doing stuff mm-hmm. with Sworn In. They got quite popular. Also did yeah, touring. Yeah, they got with... pretty big for a minute there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. had some hype for a sec. And, um, and then they were also... He toured with Die Art is Murder for a few years, but he ended up meeting Fit for a King, 
that had played Poughkeepsie a few times and known Jeff and both of those lovely individuals just put my hat in the ring and then they were hit me up and they're like, Hey, would you ever want to try out for this band? And I was like, sure. And they're like, okay, like, let me get you in contact. And I started talking to Jared for like three months and he sent me songs. I did like acoustic versions of songs. I did just raw videos of me singing along to things. I did pre-pro for new songs, like the song breakaway that's on, um, slave to nothing. And then this one song I had written with a friend of mine, Max, previously. It's called Selfish Eyes. It's on Slave to Nothing. He really liked that, and the rest of the guys liked it. So they called me and asked me to come try out and do a little run with them. Nice. What year was that? This was in 2014. So you were, you, how, how, what was the state of Fit for a King at that point? Fit had put out Creation Destruction. They did a few tours. They went out and opened like an impending doom tour and Attila tour, um, like a few things like that. Went to Australia, <clears throat> but um, at this point in the band, it's just Jared, Bobby, and Ryan. Mm-hmm. Bass players out, and second guitar player had already quit. Um, which I'm friends with him now too. It's guy Justin. He's a really fucking cool dude. Um, and yeah, they were just in this weird place where they didn't know where things were going to go or how it was going to go and how things would continue. But the band was doing pretty well. So yeah, it seems like it. In a really, they tried out two, two other people before me. One person went to Australia with them. One person did the, it was some tour with like Stray from the Path and maybe Upon a Burning Body and maybe maybe that was the Attila one, something like that. But another tour would stray from the path. I know that. And so they were auditioning people by taking people out on tour. Yeah. Well, the first person, the person That's who really was smart. in the band, Aaron, he quit like a couple days before a tour. And by quit, I mean, just never showed up for tour and stopped talking to them. Uh, so hmm. that was a weird thing. And then they took this kid, Tanner, out with them for that tour and that was like okay but they weren't you know it didn't really do it for them i think and then they went out on to australian tour this guy josh and then after that they were just like man what the frick do we do and they looked back through my messages with jared and heard the selfish eyes song that i had written and they were like you know what fuck it like let's try it out i mean they didn't say that because they didn't cuss back (laughs) um but jared called me and was just like all right so do you want to come try out and i was like yeah and he's like how soon can you get here meanwhile i'm in new york there in texas and i was like i don't know how soon do you want me and he's like how does uh four days sound and so i took my car off the road moved all my shit to my parents house and flew to texas damn and just like moved yeah like all my friends and my family had been like i told them that i was like kind of trying to get with this band but nobody knew if it would happen or anything so i was like just in case this happens and i gotta bounce like just so everybody knows i'm outy and then it happened so i was just like skirt okay i'm gone like yeah. went to texas met them and you know it was pretty nuts it was pretty wild man because also you know, in the house I lived in, like, we partied a lot. I was a weed dealer. I smoked a lot of weed. And when I joined Fit, like, they were straight as fuck. So we didn't, 
I, you know, I'd get a, you know, a six pack, drink some beers or something, smoke cigarettes, but I stopped smoking weed when I joined the band. So really? yeah, I quit. Cause they didn't, I didn't think they, you know, they didn't like it. They weren't into it. And, and I didn't, they were, you know, a Christian band and it's just being Christian in Texas and being Christian in New York is way different. <laughs> you know, like it's a, I don't know. I feel like I'm, you know, and I'm not Catholic, but it's more, you know, yeah, I kind of, you know, hit this guy with my car, but seven Hail Marys, you know, you know, all right. And, <laughs> you yeah, know, that's, that's like that New York, York, New York mentality. We're saying fuck isn't going to make you go to hell. You know, here's a long list of other things that'll put you there first. And but then you go to Texas and it's very like, watch your mouth. Got to be proper. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. Or yes, sir. Like, you know, the, all that kind of stuff. And it was really good for me because I needed it. I had been very reckless for a long time. And, I, you know, I was just having fun and doing whatever I wanted, not really getting anywhere with it. So this mm-hmm. was a good opportunity for me to clean yeah. myself up. And eventually I started smoking again. But after like a. When did you year. do it? How long? A year? Something like that. So we, you know, that I joined the band. We did a tour, we, you know, and, and a small run. And then we went on Warp Tour. And on the Warp Tour, I had one friend that I would sneak away with and smoke some spliffs with. But Did you like, never, I, did, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it because I've never really been in a situation like that. Did you, what, what, what did they say when you were just like, I'm going to smoke weed? Did they care? Event, so... You know, I kept, I I didn't smoke actively around them until eventually one time we were in Denver and it was the first time that I was like with them in Denver and it was legal. And mm. I was just like, guys, like, you know, I love weed because I still talked about it. Like they still knew I loved smoking pot. I was just like, come on. Like, can I, I'm going to go buy some legal weed. Cause like it's legal. I can do, we have an off day. Fuck it. We're just hanging out in a hotel room. And so I went and I smoked and I just smoked a fat fucking blunt to my face and I called my buddy and it was great. And then when they saw me stoned, they were like, oh, I I get it, you know? And I was like, yeah, I'm way easier to handle this way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they just like you more now. <laughs> a little bit, you know, and, and still I, I didn't, I only did it in the legal states for a long time. And then eventually Bob smoked pot and started being, you know, smoking weed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then once Bob started smoking weed, then everyone else was like, all right, fuck it. And then I just got, (laughs) because all I wanted was just to be able to not have to like, I don't like to, I like to smoke conservatively in a sense of, I don't want to just like buy a 20 bag or an eighth every day and have to smoke the whole thing. Like, you know, buy and hold and get through. So, um, yeah, so that was nice when that got starting to happen. But um, so for today's everyone, everyone, bleh, for everyone's education today, that's how I started smoking weed and fit for the kings. Um, <laughs> but, oh my god! Yeah, it's, it's been funny. Yeah, but I love that I'm the only person that smokes in the band because I don't wouldn't want to deal with more potheads. You know, I was in Venetia Fair, right? Yeah. Um, none of us did ever. Like until maybe oh. the very last year we were a band, and then only not a, our our singer didn't drink either. He wasn't like straight edge, but he he didn't do anything. So I guess he was. He just yeah. didn't say that, you know. 
but yeah, I, I, I didn't start really smoking until I guess really a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I've been going strong for like a decade now. <laughs> I think, you know, I didn't smoke at all in high school. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke cigarettes. I didn't do anything in high school, but when I ended up, co- you know, but the problem was when I started smoking weed, I also really started selling weed. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so you were just it around it. around, you know, and then, you know, you, the more you start smoke. Yeah. I just I smoke a lot of pot and yeah. sell a lot of pot and shit. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but I, can't, right. I don't really drink. I'm it, like, I'll have, you know, I'll have a drink here and there, you know, on the weekends and get some ciders or something, but I rarely I drink really do it anymore. I don't really, yeah. yeah, it's not good. I I can't do it on tour. Cause I'm always tired and my body hurts and like being dehydrated. The last thing you should do is drink alcohol and just wake up with a fucking Charlie horse in the middle of the night. It sounds awful. Yeah. That sounds um, bad. Yeah, so I just don't really drink on tour, but you know, every if we have an off day or something, I have a couple, couple cocktails. Yeah, that's kind of how we are too. I think we all drink like a couple nights on tour. Yeah, and then yeah, I just can't do it and spin around and shit. I'll throw up. I just like I I have a very low tolerance for it, in to the point where I like not that I get well, I don't get like physically like there are times when I'll have a beer never get drunk, right? And then feel like I'm hungover. Yeah. Like really bad. That sucks. Maybe you're uh, gluten intolerant. No, I'm not. I'm definitely not that because I, uh, my my girlfriend is celiac. So I'm I'm very aware of it. But I eat, oh really? Yeah, we're on that full gluten-free life, bro. Are you? I can't do it. Oh, I do it. I do it hardcore. I don't give a shit. Um, the, you know, every now and again, though, I like that my treat now is like today. Today, I had a massive craving for a turkey sub. So I went to the grocery store and got like a sub from the deli. But generally speaking, like dinner, everything gluten free, man. We don't drink it. We don't eat it. We don't. Do wow. it. Yeah. I love bread. It's great. I, I haven't been eating bread since I've been working with my trainer. Yeah, because bread's, I mean, it's tasty, but it sucks. Oh, it's the best thing ever. Toast is my favorite food. You need to find a place that has, oh, really? Yeah, just then straight you, up yeah, toast with, with like, lightly buttered with a sprinkle of salt. It's the Have best thing ever. you found a good pizza place for gluten-free pizza yet? No. And also, so yeah, I'm ve- you remember, I'm vegan, too, so there's really no yeah. such thing as a decent pizza. Yeah, gluten-free vegan pizza. It's fucking styrofoam. I mean, we have it. We have it, but it's it's rough. Those cauliflower ones are tight, though. If yeah, you those aren't bad. It's not bad. Yeah. But, uh, but I'll, eat one, like, I'll eat a whole cauliflower to my face, though. Yeah. Well, I don't like vegan cheese that much, unless yeah. it's, like, the really good stuff. But that's, like, super expensive. All that stuff's just dia, you know? Yeah, that's and it, it's, like, gets all weird on in your mouth, like, slimy. Yeah. I'm so, really yeah. doing a good job advocating for being vegan right now. No, I mean, we're just saying bad <laughs> cheese is bad, which is like that with any cheese. I mean, this is true. You know, this is very this is true. true. And I think, you know, the biggest problem, I'm just a, a big pansy when it comes to the idea of going vegan just because I love, I love meat. Um, but maybe someday I could see myself doing it at some point because my, my biggest addiction, I'd say, apart from nicotine, is probably sugar. I uh, Really? Yeah, I, like I eat chocolate every single night of my life. Every night, 
everywhere. I don't have much of a sweet tooth. Yeah, mine's so oh. sweet, it's terrible. Like I eat like a, I'll eat like a Mounds bar. Like last night was a Mounds bar, a packet of M and M's, and a fruit roll up. I eat a lot of like fruit leather <laughs> stuff. That's about Sounding it. Sounding that was so bad saying that. Ma- so bad. <laughs> I'm 31 years old and I went to bed eating a Mounds bar, a packet of M and M's. Okay, okay, dude, dude. <laughs> this is my nightly thing, though. Okay, me and my girlfriend lately have been, um getting into bed, smoking a lot to fall asleep just because there's nothing else to do right now. And um, sitting there with a, like, three-pound bag of peanuts and just literally See, in that's the shell, right? Like, snack. breaking them and then just eating them until we're asleep. That's a great snack, though. I love I, peanuts. There you go. See, so I always keep, yeah. like, I like them in the shell, though. I don't like them when they're not in the shell. Yeah. No, that's she likes to eat. Uh, my fiance likes to eat nuts. Um, <laughs> that's a good sound bite. Um, there you go. Uh, yeah. So and uh, popcorn. Those are her snacks. Yeah. Apparently, um, popcorn isn't great for celiac, though. Oh. But I don't know. That my my girlfriend definitely has reactions to it. No shit. Let's talk about. Um, other um eating <laughs> habits of our significant others yeah <laughs> she eats whatever i fucking cook <laughs> yeah no i just because i'm home all the time i do a lot of the cooking and yeah me too you know i'm it's I not like it, the the kitchen is not very far away from my work desk uh, so <laughs> you know i just get done the grocery store is literally a block away and then i just cook and i That's like convenient. cooking it's relaxing. It makes me happy. So, yeah. Um, yeah. If you uh, go and follow the Fit for a King Patreon, you can watch the Hustle Crow cooking show. Ooh, um, I want to watch that. I'll send it to you. That um, sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we were making a Patreon, and I was like, well, I can do podcast stuff for it. And Kirby was like, dude, why don't you do a cooking show? Like, everyone on our documentary stuff for the album, they always see that you cook while we're in the studio because I'm kind of band mom, I guess. Uh, okay. So, I do all. I do the whole band and crew's laundry. I kind of knew that from the start, though. Like you I just like have it. that energy. It makes me happy. I yeah. um, I like doing it because other. I don't want to see everyone be frustrated. I don't want to see everyone like end up running out of draws and then be like, "Oh man, I need to." get laundry done it's like if i'm wow, gonna you do, do it, laundry I'll, do, too? I'll do the whole band and crew that's bold but it's better to do it at once than to do it separate oh and i hate sorting through and finding my see, i don't mind clothes. i know everyone's underwear everyone's socks i know Dude, everyone's clothes. Like, i want to join your band started, just for this <laughs> they started but well they were smart they started buying different underwears and socks yeah so that i mean way i'll get a whole new tour. wardrobe if i never have to wash any of it on tour they all have like specific stuff so it's pretty easy to know who's is wow. who's and it just it's you know you have like uh you go through a couple warp tours without a laundry and then you start oh. playing you know you just eventually you're like man if there's one thing i need to do regularly like once a week i'll I'll do the laundry and you know uh, as, as as far as i know um i have a warp tour record for wearing the same shirt the most consecutive days wow it must have been so smelly 
He was I like, think Joe just wants you to wash his leather pants. Oh, oh God, gosh. dude. Those are, what? The, you know, the, the Chevy has to wash our costumes all the time. No. Yeah. And that's got to be the worst job ever. Well, especially because of the paint and everything that you guys are, the dye, like the fake blood and all that shit, too. That's yeah, like, but also that I'm wearing fake leather pants. Like, do uh, you know what it's like inside those pants when I'm playing? It's got to be really gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. See, that's really like some bad. people, luckily, you know, luckily, like Ryan, he just doesn't smell at all. Like, it's not, our crew isn't that gross. And I think that's why it's one of those things that in my head, I'm like, okay, if I do this more often, people will be less gross. Like, if you clean up the bandwagon frequently and everyone knows that you're going to clean it and you're going to keep it clean they're more likely to keep it clean it's the same mm -hmm. way with that's something I, mean, like, I do do yeah i i, I need like to it clean to stay them. nice i need it to smell good and then i also you know it's the same way where if i go in the bathroom i'm like okay the the shower is clogged you know it ain't me like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. pick up your fucking hair and throw it out like just don't do stuff that i shouldn't have to do and then i'll do right. the rest because i don't mind right there you go. But, Damn. Yeah. Um, let's go back to, wow. This, this, <laughs> this, this, we could do this for like, I know we have to wrap in like, what, 45 minutes or so, but I feel like we yeah. could be doing this for like hours. We'll have to do a part two. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, when did, so you joined Fit in like yeah. 2014. 2014. Yeah. You've been pretty consistently touring over the course of that time, right? Yeah, I'd say, and you know, the other interesting thing to add in about that time period is to essentially the way the timeline works is they call me. I In four days, I go to Texas. I learn the set in like a week and a half. We go, we do a headlining run for 10 days with Kublai Khan and Sirens and Sailors. There's two days off and then, or we, okay, we finish the run. We do skate and surf festival. We have two days off and then we're supposed to go and record slave to nothing in this time period. They're deciding whether they are going to have me in the band and I <laughs> sing, or they don't have me in the band. They go to the studio as a three piece and, and just figure it out. So, which would <laughs> so have you're just kind of on the edge this whole time. Yeah. I had no idea. So, you know, like right before, the, at like one of the last dates of the run is in Albany, New York. And they, before our quote unquote encore, they told me that I was in the band in front of my friends and family. And it was very sweet. Oh, um, that's sick. Yeah. They've always been very thoughtful, like loving people. They're the I mean, nice yeah, you guys are like the nicest group of people I think I've ever met on a tour. Thank you. I, th I would like to say <laughs> we're really one of are. the most normal bands. I'd like to think of it that way where we're yeah. just we're just people out playing breakdowns. Um, and yeah, so it's just been a really go, go, go the whole time because it was just, okay, you're in the band. Okay. We're going to chill for two days at your parents' house because it's only three hours from wills. And then, so they just met my family right out of the gate. And then that mm -hmm. helped them too, to, I think be like, okay, well maybe this guy has had a wild, you know, last couple of years, but He's very honest about it, and his parents are really normal and cool. So, okay, let's let's try this, you know. And yeah. so we went. We made Slave to Nothing, and then you know after that, I think the next tour was Warp Tour 2014 for half the year. 
or half the summer and just yeah we've toured relentlessly we we hit hit it really hard because that slave to nothing cycle was difficult we were making 250 dollars a night you know we were Mm -hmm. two of five on an abr tour or like around you know just not getting billed very high not getting paid a lot you're not really sure if the band's gonna be solidified and like be a band that draws but I think at that time period, we all kind of got into sync with each other. And that's mm-hmm. when the band started to do better. Um, I think that's the, those times are when you, when you can really figure out if the, if you're with the right group of people. Yeah. And I just appreciated how honest they were from the get go where they never left me, you know, other than making the record, they really let me slave to nothing. I got to write a lot. And I think that was a good and bad thing where, I didn't get what was going on. I was still listening to Sayus and self-titled. Like I didn't know okay, what yes. scene music was doing at that I time. I still don't. Um, yeah, it's a weird thing to keep up with. And I think it's been helpful for me because I never truly cared that much. I'm still more invested in stuff for my quote unquote era. Mm-hmm. But um, I honestly, I, I don't listen to heavy music really. Yeah, I, oh, I do daily for sure. Yeah, I really um, don't. Like, I, I listen, the heavy music I like is usually just uh, bands of people that I know. Yeah, I think I'm at the stage where I've been on the hunt. I think because of Featured X also. I mean, one, uh, me and Ryan have always tried to keep up because we want our tours to be cool. Yeah, and we want yeah. people to go, you know, to... We I, want see, that's to have something alcohol. I did know, like... Yeah. I was a booking agent for Artery. Like, oh, no shit. Yeah, um, back 2014 to 2017. So I can tell you the names of bands and how much they can, they're worth in that time frame and how much they can draw, but I had no idea what they sounded like. No shit. Yeah, yeah. I, for me, I think I'm always chasing the high, so I want, I want to find a band before other people. I want them to have their first tour be with Fit for King. I want yeah, the first that US. Is a cool thing yeah, I do. want Alpha Wolf's first US tour to be with Fit for King. I want certain stuff like that where it's like, yeah, we we knew this was gonna smash and it smashed. And I think yeah. that's a cool thing. But there aren't as many bands giving me that high these days where like one really good example is this band called Brand of Sacrifice from Canada. And okay. I just think they're the coolest, most original heavy band I've heard in a minute. And I think gonna they're going to have, gonna to have a out. great career. But it's, yeah, it's a dime a dozen these days. It's just not something that happens a lot. And when you're sitting and going through applications for, like, for instance, Featured X has had, I think, about a thousand applications now for wow. people wanting to join the site. And I've listened to most of them. Damn. And it's just not uh it's hard to find something that makes me feel special not saying any of these bands are bad or good right yeah they're just not well you also like when you're exposed to it this much to like your standards kind of go up yeah right like for what you're gonna put on when you're not doing music for your job but you can put on normal like Exactly. And then I, there's this band where I had my friend Marla on my podcast recently. She sings in this band called God program who like they're a smaller band from Connecticut, really fucking good, really screamo. And I was like, 
she suggested that I play this band called uh, L'Exquisite Dolaire as my mid-roll mosh. And I had heard the song before and I went and listened to it again. And I was like, this is the best thing I've heard in a really long time. And, you know, you look at their socials and their Spotify only has like 300 monthly listeners. And you're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is this? I know, dude. And then dude, I, I, I hit them up. With so, with so many people, yeah. local bands are so much better than they used to be now. It's crazy. Oh, for sure. And this band, they're very young. Like, they're all in their early 20s. Like, they, they've they only put out two songs. They haven't really done much. But I just was so enamored with the way they sounded. Where Now uh, me and Jeff are managing their band because it was just like, you're, you've got the hard part down. You're, you've got something original here. You yeah. are the, the only band other than Static Dress and if I die first that I've heard where it's like, you're putting me in a time warp back to the early 2000s, That's sick, yeah. but I love it's, that. it's phenomenal. So, you know, I just I'll want to check it out. Yeah. Bands just got to focus on like being themselves, you know what I mean? I agree. And not, yeah. Just have yeah. some fun with it. Don't, don't Let's try to go, be. Arguments, um, we should talk about what featured X is um, yes. because we've said it a few times and I want to make sure people know what it is. <laughs> so, Give me a, actually, I'm curious. When did you, when did you start doing this? We launched it like end of August or when did it like, I remember when it launched. So um, because I actually remember you hitting me up asking for Donnie's info, right? Yes. Like, right that was before the launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an, it's been an interesting thing. So what happened was Jeff and myself managed a band called left to suffer from Atlanta. And we were putting together um, we were working on their EP and talking about features that would be really cool on it and some ideas we had. And then Jeff had the grand idea of, man, wouldn't it be so great if there was just like this website, you know, where you could not have to deal with red tape and you could just book features. And I was yeah. like, that's the best idea you've ever had. And pretty he was genius. like, pretty yeah. Ingenious. yeah. And, and so I hit up Kirby and I hit up like Telly and Levi and like a couple people. I was like, hey, if me and my friend make this thing, will you do it? And they were all like, yeah, fuck it. Like, sure. <laughs> and so great. we found yeah. someone to make the site. And, you know, before you knew it, we had like 60 of our friends that were like down to join the site. And I was like, this yeah. is so cool. And it started going and working and people were interested and we've now built up to having like 500 artists. But so from inception to creation, it was like five weeks of the idea and then launch. And then from that launch, we've, you know, now been operating since about August and we've put together, um, I think at the end of the year, it was like 86 collaborations on the year. That's amazing. That's great. It's really cool because I think, I think Jeff said it was 44% of songs get completed. So people aren't accepting everything, but it's, there's a lot of good stuff coming through as well. And so essentially for everyone listening, feature decks is a platform where artists like myself, Joe Spencer from Ice Nine Kills, uh, Shane Told from Silverstein, anybody, we're all up there with profiles. And you, as a musician, can go and apply to work with us. So what you do is you hit on our profile, you send us a song, you send us your lyrics to that song, and you send us your social media, and you tell us about where you would like Spencer to sing. Say you want Spencer to sing the bridge of your song. 
Spencer will log into his profile, listen to it, check out your band, read the lyrics. He can talk with you in the notes section and chat back and forth with you and just see what's interest if he's interested in it and say he likes it. He just hits accept. If he hits accept, you pay him. He sings on the song. He gives it back to you. And there you go. You got to collaborate with one of your favorite singers. The perk of this is you don't have to deal with their management or their label or any of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff because that's all taken care of. And if anyone has to, I, I handle it. And it's just allowing us. So we have now not just only singers who can sing on a, for a feature or a full song, if you'd like. We also have drummers, bassists, guitarists, pianists. Mm-hmm. So you can get live drums you can get midi drums you can be like you know what i just want my drums to sound like as crazy as lauren ashore and then you can hit up austin archie from lauren ashore and he'll program a drum you know drums for you on your song that sound like what he would do and it's really inexpensive and the cool part about it is you get to have ownership of it you get to have it for the rest of your life whether it makes you famous or not it's just a really cool thing if you love a band What's cooler than, you know, buying a t-shirt is cool. Buying a song that has you collaborating with that artist, I think that's pretty awesome. So it's a great, it's a great platform. It's a yeah. great idea. And, and if, if I was younger, dude, and I had something like this, like, I, I because the thing is, I, I even talking to my, my friend of mine is a, a hip-hop artist, and he wants to collaborate with a few of, or get features from some people, and they're not part of anything like this. You know, and yeah. he has no idea where to go besides management. There's no guarantee you get an answer, right? Yeah. And the like, red tape is difficult in and of itself with right. that. Even when you do get to the management, they're like, well, why? Why would you? Right. Why would I do this? And the reason why it worked for us in this scene is because this website has nothing to do at the end of the day with like luckily we got a lot of blessings from management and labels and stuff like that. But the reality was we're all poor. We're all about to struggle through a year where we can't go out and tour and make the money that we're used to. How are we going to make money? Because Mm -hmm. you own all my songs. I'm not going to get royalties this year. I'm not going to be able to get through this without going and getting a job. But I like, I can't even get a job right now because the world's in a pandemic. So a lot of people, you know, they can sing on, you know, two, three songs a month and that may be able to subsidize their income enough where at least they're going to pay rent and like pay their phone and like be able to keep shit going. This um, is, yeah. It really is a great way to help support your favorite bands. Yeah. And, and there's like, so many people to choose from now too. It's, it's great. Yeah. There's a lot of choices. I mean, and, and it's people from all over the planet, anywhere from, you know, here in Brooklyn to South Africa. And we're trying to just get everyone that we think is cool within the community to be able to be a part of it. And I understand that some of the like really big superstars, it's going to be difficult to get them to do it, but like getting to see, you know, what stuff Spencer chooses versus what he doesn't is really Mm -hmm. cool as well. And Mm -hmm. I'm just enjoying getting to help people out because for most of the year last year, because the as you know, the business, we take a, a percentage cut from the features. But mm-hmm. for most of the year last year, we turned it off because... You're just like, growing the business. 
and like what am i gonna do everyone's fucking right. poor i can't take right. money from my yeah. friends because right. it's and that's the thing i haven't made a fucking dollar off of it but like that's because i we're building a company and right. i it's luckily we have a really great team it's me my and tasha my assistant and jeff and tyler and we're just fucking grinding this thing out and going for it and building something that we believe in and luckily it's it's working so yeah you know i just want like you said when i was younger i didn't know how to get in touch with anybody the only time i got features was because i was friends with someone and i get that that's what a lot of people cherish is well i only sing on my friends stuff and i get that but what if you? Oh, become, I just want to do something with good music. I, yeah, I just want to sing on good music. That's my right. outlook. And <laughs> what if I become friends with you because I sang on your track? What if I yeah. hear your track and I do think that that shit was really good, and then I show it to some friends or whatever? Right. And like exactly. That, that kind of stuff is important, I think, because it's the the flip side of the coin. Is I'm not shut off to making new friends. I'm not shut off to enjoying new projects. So I'm down to hear anything. And I think a lot of people on the site are down to listen. There are definitely some people who accept more than others, but overall people are just trying to find something they vibe with. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's great, pleasure, dude. I, I, congratulations with it. Cause it's fucking awesome. And Jeff I'm is glad smart to see people are utilizing it. Yeah. It's great. Um, yeah. Let's shift real quick to, well, let's do let's let's stick with Fit. Um, so this year with Fit, you put out your latest album, The Path, right? <laughs> uh, which was recorded with Drew, right? Oh yeah, buddy! You, you guys know, have really hit it I off. Got, huh? Yeah, this is our second one with him. We did um, Dark Skies with him before, mm-hmm. but like drew you know i'm not sure maybe we suck but maybe he likes us enough to keep us around i love that man i love spending time with him we hang out so much like when we're recording it's not just like sitting there all day like let's go to the movies and like go to dinner and like have fun and that's my boy fucking love drew working with drew is great yeah we're we're over there like a few times a week i think that's so sick. Yeah. I'm so jealous, man. I would love <laughs> Did you see his new dog? Yo, I want to meet Oatmeal oh, so bad. He's been God, talking about dude. Oatmeal for mad long. I so. know. It's Great so cute. I haven't, I haven't met Oatmeal yet, but I guess he's at the studio often. So Yeah, I'm sure you will see. soon. I'll yeah. send you a pic. <laughs> yeah, Drew has been a real blessing to our life because he really helped to escalate the band to that next level and the way that him and Bob connect and are able to orchestrate songs together is very special thing to watch. Um, They get along really well. They're good friends. And I think it's just, it just buddies hanging out, making tunes. And, you know, I've, I've, I really love the atmosphere being there. I think the first time we made a record with him, when we made dark skies, I was weird with him because I showed up a couple days after everyone else, because I had just gotten engaged and I hadn't, I was kind of going through like some emotional stuff. Bob had just stopped touring with the band. I was, mm-hmm. I was having a rough patch and then it took me a couple weeks to like get warm with drew and on that record, I didn't sing a lot and I wasn't getting to write as much. And it was fucking with my head. And because I'm very, very ego driven with my music, like I very much want to participate. So, yeah, yeah. but the reality was that there was this shift in the band where it was like, well, 
we need Ryan is the lead singer of the band. He screams, he sings, he's the lead singer of the band. Like you're still going to do you, but like you don't need to be on every song all over the spot. Like you got to be where you hit. So Drew taught me about hitting home runs. Drew and, is that I love that. That's why I love working with Drew so much yeah. is he like is all about holding back. And I align very much with that. And it's something that I struggle when I work with people. Yeah. So like I, it, that is like a blessing, like a huge blessing to me to be able to work with someone that like I don't have to communicate that to. You know? Yeah, I I had one night where him and I went to this party together, and I had a couple, and I just finally like said it to him. I was just like, man, why aren't you fucking letting me sing, dog? And he was just like, dude, like you like you'll you gotta understand, like you just you you'll be there when you're supposed to be there. But then you have a song like When Everything Means Nothing comes out. Mm-hmm. And that song did so well where I was like, oh, I would much rather watch a whole room sing all my words of one song back to me than have them not know my words to 10 songs. That, Just was that, that, that song was so fun live, too. It's it's very fun to sing live and play yeah. live and spin around and it's just so hype and he just taught me a lot where I I needed to focus and and Bob also helped a lot on that track too where like they'll siphon through I'll write you know a, a paragraph and Bob will look through my words in this way where he's like it's this phrase this phrase this phrase this phrase like and then they'll give it to me and I, I go back and I chop it up again. And it's, it's just a really great songwriting experience. It teaches mm-hmm. you how to write songs with a team and with yeah. people versus yeah, just being all about yourself, which, like I said, if you're ego driven at times, it's very important for you to learn how to set back because otherwise I'd never accomplish at shit. I, I wouldn't have shit without my band, you know, right. it's, you know, I got to be a part of their band, essentially. You know what I mean? And luckily, they let me write songs with it, and I get yeah, the same man. Stuff. Well, I mean, there's something to be said about that, though. You know, like I, I'm in the same boat, right? Like I am not. Yeah. I, I was let into Ice Nine Kills, and now have become a major part of the writing, which was a great yeah. experience, right? But no one. The thing that I always think about, because I am ego driven in that sense too. Like if I'm in a band. I would very much like to be involved in the writing because it's something that I pride myself in. Yeah, it makes Um, you feel good. It makes you feel like an artist. Right. And so for someone to pick you and say, yes, we want you and we also want you for this reason is like really gratifying, you know? Yeah. 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 So that's great. And it's been a real pleasure. I mean, I, I I needed it and I'm thankful for Drew. So then going into this last one, the path, which is probably why some people have problems with it, we're really happy. We, you know, we had a tremendous record cycle with Dark Skies. We had a record that people really unanimously loved as our fans. And then we went into this record being like i can't wait to see drew i can't wait to be in la i can't wait to eat tacos and hang out with him (laughs) and like have a great time so it wasn't let's warm up let's figure this out oh turns out you know because when everything means nothing was literally the three-quarter mark through the record i'm super depressed and they they gave me the I, i got to sing on that they gave me the the guitar i wrote the interlude and then it was like all right guys that's all i got emotionally right now (laughs) (laughs) um 
it's really interesting seeing the flip side of that, which is Locked in My Head, which is a more controversial song for our fans because very much it's a metal song, but it's pretty much all singing. Right. And instead of me being sad, I was, you know, sitting and, and on a couch and, and I was in a good mood and I'm playing acoustic guitar and everyone had kind of left the house for a little while. And then they came back and I was like, Hey, Papa Ryan, like, do you like this? And then I sang, you know, my idea of the chorus, which the lyrics were a little different. And then we all sat down and wrote a song together. And this was on one of the weekends when Drew wasn't there. Yeah. And that was also a really positive, awesome experience to just do do it as a team and have fun oh, writing. Man. It oh, as I'm Drew. missing and writing camp so much just, right now. Yeah, it's so fun and uplifting. And that's why that song came out that way. And like for people that listen to interviews with me, if they hear me reference like certain songs more than others, it's because I don't write a lot it's just sometimes you write something that people really like and for me i don't write 50 songs and then we choose 10 you know i write a couple things and then like sometimes i get lucky and i have that special something that i Mm -hmm. feel like resonates but um i like to sit and chop with bob too where i'm good at like sitting and being bouncing with him and going back and forth on the guitar, right. like throwing him stuff I like or don't like and kind of playing the producer role with him if Drew right. is not around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Drew is the, he is the wizard blood that, you know, brings our band together. It's Yeah, dude. He, he really like, is a, a super talented dude. Yeah. He's a great right. asset for and he everyone gets that works with him. All the time. He's always getting better. He's always having fun. And that's the thing. It's like now that he does finally have the dog, I can't wait to see him next time because I feel like that's another fun thing that's added to his life that'll right. you know somehow spark the juices of creativity. Um, yeah, for sure. But, well, yeah. listen, let's go to – give me your – when did <laughs> – I want to go to Off-Road Minivan too. Yeah, let's do when it. When did Off-Road Minivan kind of become a thing? Off-road minivan started about, I'd like to say, four years ago. We just had our three-year anniversary of announcing our tooth and nail signing, and that was pretty close to, like, I would say four years we've been a band. Um, It was essentially just me and Melvin, the guitar player who also was in my old band Visions, and Evan, we got together one day just to jam. We wrote this song called Spiral Gaze. And then, like, and pretty much in that one practice, just fleshed out the whole thing. And then Melvin recorded it, and we made a, a demo of it. Um, and I showed it to Tooth and Nail. And then Tooth and Nail was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, what do you want to do? And I was like, it would be cool to, like, put out an EP and, like, make a music video. And they're like, okay, sure. And I was like, all right, so I guess I'm doing another band. <laughs> and then, um, like, we wrote a couple more songs, played a show, and then we made this EP and, and just started trying to play. I think, you know, we've played maybe, like, 60 shows total, done two short tours. Okay, and I was going to ask you tour tours. tours. Yeah, we've done like two short full band tours that were only, you know, by tour, they're, you know, seven days long, you know, Mm -hmm. 10 days long, nothing crazy. And then we did one run that was an acoustic run where I played guitar and sang, Miles played guitar and sang, and then Evan played piano. Um, Oh, cool. 
but we don't get to play that often because of the fit schedule. So it's mm. a little hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's challenging because you guys are real busy. Yeah. Two of the other guys, they do audio video for monster jam, which is that like monster oh, really? the, like, grave digger monster. Okay. Truck. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I so they're audio video for that. Yeah, it sounds pretty fun, right? So there, yeah. when I'm not, there's times where I'm not touring, but they're touring, and there's an opportunity and stuff too. But um, luckily, Matt Anderson, our Fitz agent at Sound Talent, is mm-hmm. going to help out and book off road as well. So hopefully, we can oh, play great. some cool stuff in the future. Yeah. Um, and well, it's if you just, ever need a fill in, let me know, dude. I will, because that is definitely possible. Yeah, um, I would love to play uh, that kind of stuff. I'll play anything, whatever you it, need. A little worshipy to the early 2000s, but for us, it's just, you know, it's easy because we're all 31, you know, 30 years yeah. old. Like, yeah. So it's just, this is what I like. This is how I, when I play a guitar at home, that's just the kind of shit I write. Or when, you know, Melvin's writing his songs, his songs just sound like these, I don't know, Oceana clean head meets, you know, I like Deftones and shit, mm-hmm. kind of a weird mm-hmm. thing. and. It's a real pleasure um, to get to break away from the heaviness of fit and do something different because it also allowed me to not be so jaded in the writing circle with fit because I have a whole project where I get to do all the singing. Yeah, that's true too, right? I just need the variety. That's why I started songwriting for other people. It's just like I was writing songs and like as many genres that i could think of for myself and they were just sitting on my computer it's and- crazy to see what people are capable with that shit man i had so me and evan we have this buddy zach and these two friends zach and roger and evan went to bard like i said before and mm-hmm. zach and roger also went to bard and at one point zach graduated but roger dropped out roger started hanging out with like asap rocky and mm-hmm. like those guys in the city and Zach and Roger now have just so the last like you know eight years they've just been focusing on being songwriters and working their way up, yeah. and they have the number ten song in the world right now. With saying that's wild, yeah. So that's, that's the thing. Crazy. Anything is fucking possible, man. You just have to grind. Like you I just know. have to work. Like we used to just fucking smash forties and smoke weed, and now they have the number ten song on Dude, the. Planet. You know what? It's one like of the coolest- one direction. That's why that's so <laughs> sick. Wow. That's amazing. I like this podcast. I don't know if this is the same for you. Uh, has really the, the thing that's been most fun about it for me is obviously I love meeting new people that I've had on, but talking to people that I haven't really sat down and talked to in a long time and just hear the story of how they progress. And like, I'm blown away with how like, many people I know from my past that I grew up playing like local shows with are yeah. doing shit like that. You know, I, that people that just stick with it and don't give up on it. That's the most important part, man. And that's one thing that, you know, I, when I interviewed my manager recently for my podcast and mm-hmm. I was talking about how, Oh, they did all the hard work. I got to just jump in. And he was like, well, you know what? You did all the grinding on your own too, because you know, when I joined Fit, I was 25 years old. Most guys would have stopped playing music at that point and just I did. give up. And yeah. yeah, it was hard. Like at that point, I was in the stage where I play a couple acoustic shows. I don't really know if I'm going to do another band. Like, what the fuck do I do? And you, 
everybody has that i think a lot of people have that cool grind story and just because yours isn't super traumatic or super fucked up doesn't mean that it's not worthwhile they're all in thing ended up i love the grind stories it's the best all right so look dude um before we wrap up because i know we got to get out of here soon we got to call 15 minutes i'm looking at how long it's going to take me to go pick her up so we're (laughs) okay okay. so what we do is when we always end the episode we end with uh one or two tour stories uh anything is on the table and i know you know that because of what you've already told us about your old bands and everything and you've actually already told us some pretty good ones so Cool. Um, yeah, I don't mean I to can... pressure you into thinking of one on the spot. No, but... I can think of two. I can do one for each band off the spot that are pretty good. Um, All right, let's do it. I'll start with the offered minivan one. Um, the last time we were uh, out, yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking of another one. It was pretty funny this time. Okay, okay. Short. This one time that me and my fiance and then like some guys from the other band, we did a bunch of Molly and went swimming with my parents. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um but okay tour story number one we're out with offered minivan and it's nighttime everyone's in the van we're getting ready to go to sleep and i'm laying in my bunk and all of a sudden i just hear ryan oh! and i was like what what like what's going on because when i'm in offered i get called ryan not talk to them. okay <laughs> and, okay. and Melvin is just like, my arm is dislocated. Oh my I dislocated my shoulder. So he just went to like lay down and he's dislocated his shoulder a couple times. So it just popped out. So he's just in agonizing pain. And he's uh, like, okay, I need you to do this. He's like, you're going to take my arm. You're going to do hold it like oh, this. No, no, no. You're hold this. And then you're just going to pop. And uh, you're going to put it back in place. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why of, of everyone in this van you decided to ask me, but all right, let's roll. And Holy I pop his shoulder back in place, and I just could feel it and hear it. Oh, my God. It's so oh, fucked. No. I can still. Yeah, I hate this. That was, really, gross. This. That was really, really gross. Um, and then another fun tour story, which I oh, feel like is such God. a great way to end a day and to back that one up is there's this one time. We were in fit. We were in the van and and trailer and driving through uh, Ohio, and we're going around this curb on a nice rainy morning. And this jackalope decides to hit the side of our van and mm. smash our trailer. The trailer detaches and is totaled. And I run out of the van. I start screaming at people because I'm an asshole, and I'm just like, "What the fuck?" And it turns out the person I'm yelling at, he didn't, he was trying to help. So I was like, whatever, I'm going away. And then, you know, we make sure everyone's okay, but then nature calls. And then me and Kirby are like, I got a shit. And we're in the middle of nowhere. You know, there's, there's people's houses, but I can't just be like, Hey, by the way, I just got in this accident out front. Like, can I take a shit? And, you know, obviously I could have found a more eloquent way to do it, but we, we didn't really feel comfortable. So Kirby had the bright idea. We're just like, we're going to woods it. And uh, so me and Kirby sneak off into the woods and, you know, we kind of poop next to this guy's driveway, kind of like, you know, like Uh a hidden enough, but, you know, not super hidden. And uh, then we had to get a U-Haul, go buy a new trailer and somehow still get to a show in West Virginia. Jesus. All for a show in Huntington, West Virginia. Oh, my Um, God. That's pretty yeah. good. I have yeah. uh, many, many, many shit stories. 
Pooping is is something that happens when pooping you're pooping outside. Is a, it's just very liberating. Yeah, I really so. enjoy it. <laughs> Oh, dude, I don't mind it at all. And that's the other thing is like, if I have to poop in a bag or I got to poop outside or whatever, like I've just gotten to the point where I'm not going to like hold it and scramble. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. Where'd you poop? And, and it wasn't because for a good reason. It was just, it was really cold and I didn't want to walk all the way to the venue. <laughs> Oh no way! <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and I didn't, I couldn't make it, so I just like did it outside. Have you ever had to bag it on the bus? No, I have never oh. had to do it on the bus. Yeah, I've had to bag it on the bus. Like you wake up at four a.m. and you're like, "Oh my god, something is wrong." Oh like, my god! Yeah, to I hope I don't have to do that one day. I yeah, really hope I don't. But you know, you just put a nice bag in the toilet. You know, line the whole seat. You know, so all you have to do is close it up at the end. You put. Got your dump in there. It's a good tip. Absolutely. Um, We had our 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 guitar player at the time in in Venetia Fair took a shit out of our moving van on ninety five. Whoa! Yeah, in a a moving van. Yeah, we were, and it was like spray all over the van. No, and it was like at like nine p.m. So it wasn't late enough that there was no. It was very (laughs) trafficy. And did it like were you going ass, fast or yeah we were on the highway and wow. he went ass first out the window and hung his hands like on like the oh shit handle on the door and the other side of the window and just his like ankles you know he was hanging by his knees out the van window taking a shit that's amazing yeah it's pretty good that's and he was wearing thing. aviator goggles at the time and why didn't anyone get a video or a picture? Oh, we absolutely have video. Yeah. If, if you go to, this was back in 2009, there's a very short clip of um, of that bit in the Venetia Fair tour update number one. And there's also a very short clip. You can't really tell what's happening, but it's also Chuck having sex with a cactus in the desert. That sounds very painful. What you if you cut, have you well, ever you, had anything? You cut the spikes cool? off and then cut a hole in it. Uh, uh, have you ever had anything in your pee hole, Joe? No. Yeah, that shit hurts, man. No, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dude. when you get a, like a when you, you know when you think you have a, a thing of venereal disease and you have to get the Q the Q tip in your pee hole. Yeah, that has not. You never been there. You never. Nope. Yeah. Oh nope. wow! God bless you. Good for you. That's nope, awesome. That sounds awful. It's not fun. Jesus. It's not fun. Yeah. Yikes. All right, dude. Well, that's a way to end it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is this is really fun um dude absolutely. i think we talked about a lot of nothing but we're buddies so it's it that's doesn't okay. matter that's all that matters that's yeah. awesome that's awesome get that's it awesome. You know? <laughs> um, so yeah you real... twice in this episode yeah i know i know i heard it earlier too um before we wrap uh you want to just let people know where they can find you on socials and stuff like that Yes. Um, you can find me at Hustle X Crow on Instagram or Joe Rogan of Metalcore on Twitter. And you can check out my business, FeaturedX.com. 
spell out D-O-T on Instagram, or you can just go to FeaturedX.com, and you can work with your favorite artist today. Go collaborate <laughs> with Shane Told, Spencer Charnas, whoever the fuck you want. That um, rules. Hi, how are you today? Wait, wait, um, dude, can you just do a quick, like, 15-second spot for my podcast? <laughs> yeah. Hi, welcome to That's Awesome with Joe Akajakata. And make sure that you like, do you like to talk about bullshit? Do you want to hear shit stories about people wondering if it hurts to have things in their pee hole? Listen to That's Awesome with Joe out now on Sound Talent Media. Oh, I love it. All right, dude. Well, thanks again for coming on. I appreciate you. Thanks for having uh, Hey, how do you say your last name? No, before we end. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. It's, It's OQT phonetically. OQT. So it's just OQT. OQT. Yeah. That's Which was quite a name to grow up with. Yeah. I went awesome. to Catholic school when I was younger and the nuns, uh, I was their favorite just because of the name, but they, it was an awful experience for me. See, yeah, that's gotta be tough. People <laughs> took o- O'Leary and had some, uh, you know, not so fun things to call me. Um, yeah. But I like you are a cutie, and thanks for oh, telling thanks, me how to say your last name. Joe, it's an absolute <laughs> pleasure. Thanks for having me today, Absolutely, man. Absolutely, dude. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Later, guys. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. 
but we talk about decidedly not so grown up things like hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs>